everyone, so I'm back. Do you all miss me? I know, I know. I missed all of you too. A month was way too long. But I'm all refreshed and I'm ready to go. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Stephen and I'm your host on the Bamboo History Podcast, which is a podcast that focuses on Chinese and East Asian history. Do subscribe to my channel if you like this type of content and follow my Instagram as well, at Bamboo History Podcast. Okay, now let's get straight into it. Today's episode will be on another unique Chinese occupation. I am so excited for this. I've already done two episodes on unique Chinese occupations, one in episode 5 on the Geng Fu time teller, and the other in episode 3 about the Biao Shi courier slash security guard. Check them out if you want. For this episode's occupation, I've managed to get a bloke whose name is Ming, who is from 4th century BCE China, to hop on a quick Skype meeting to interview him on his job. So I sat down and interviewed him. <clears throat> hey Ming, how are you? Yeah, Stephen, pretty good, thanks. Good to be talking to someone in the future. Yeah, I know, mate. So anyway, thanks for agreeing to be interviewed by me. No worries, Stephen. So Ming, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I'm a mengke. Um, okay. And can you tell my listeners of the Bamboo History Podcast what a mengke is? Yeah, no worries. So a mengke is someone who lives with a wealthy aristocrat. Mmm, uh, was that it? Yeah, Stephen, that was it. You didn't tell me what you actually did. Yeah, nah, Stephen, I just told you. Um, it sounds like you do nothing, Ming. That's because I do do nothing, most of the time. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. There was a job in ancient China where you were paid to do literally nothing. That was the job of being a mengke, which will be the topic for today. In English, mengke are known as retainers or house guests. Mengke is spelt M-E-N-K-E. Mengke were also known as shiku, which means catered guests, which literally means guests that were at their own host's home just to eat their food. Mengke were people that existed primarily during the Spring and Autumn period and the Warring States period in China, between the 8th century BCE to the 3rd century BCE. They were people who lived as guests in the homes of wealthy landlords, noblemen or government officials, and served as their employees. Mengke would be given accommodation and food by their hosts, which I will refer to as masters, and they could live at their master's home for as long as their masters allowed them to, or for as long as they wanted to. They could come and go as they pleased. Because of this, mengke retainers were different from servants, who didn't have a choice of whenever they wanted to leave, and also different from slaves, who didn't have a choice of when they wanted to leave, and also didn't get paid for their work. In fact, mengke have more freedoms than modern-day employees. I mean, employees, at least in Australia where I'm from, may require you to give notice to your employer depending on the status of your employment, whether you are full-time or part-time, or whatever your employment contract says. 
This mengke occupation already sounds sweet as. Like imagine you can get free food and shelter at someone's house for as long as you wanted, and you could leave whenever you wanted. Where is this LinkedIn job ad? Sign me up for this gig. But I do believe in the popular saying, "There ain't no such thing as a free lunch." I mean, surely the mengke served a purpose, right? So I asked my new friend Ming to elaborate on his job. I asked him what his daily routine was. He replied, "Stephen, I get up every morning, eat breakfast, then I read a book, then I have lunch, then I go out into town for a stroll and buy some things. After that, I go back home, play some games with the other guests, then we all go and have dinner with our master." Then I go and read another book before going to bed. Uh, Ming, that's it. That's all you do. Yeah, mate. That's pretty much it. Ming wasn't being that helpful, so I read a bit more into the purpose of mengke, and it turns out the role of a mengke was just as random as Ming's answer. Mengke would usually do whatever they wanted, but each of them had knowledge, attributes, or specific skills that could be called upon any time by their masters whenever it was needed. Mengke, for example, with martial arts or fighting skills, would often accompany their masters as bodyguards. But more famously, they would be called upon for things such as espionage or assassination. The most famous example of this is a man named. Jingke, spelt J-I-N-G-K-E. Jingke was a mengke of a prince of the kingdom of Yan, Y-A-N, during the late third century BCE in the Warring States period. My guess was he mostly mucked around like Ming for most of his time as a mengke, but one day, his master finally gave him a task. That task was to assassinate the king. Of the kingdom of Qin, spelt Q-I-N. Uh, yeah. Long story short, Jing Ke failed. The king survived, and Jing Ke died on his first ever work task. Mate, you only had one job. Jing Ke is an example of the use of Meng Ke for assassination, because Meng Ke were mostly random nobodies who would be able to get away with clandestine activities. They would be unrecognizable by most, and could slip in, kill the target, then slip away unnoticed. Of course, they weren't just used for espionage or assassination. If a mengke was talented with literature and the arts, they, for example, would be employed as teachers, teaching their master or their family members. They could also serve as their personal advisors, or just be around to engage in discussion with their masters on politics. Philosophy and topics of culture. Mengke, with no special talents at all, could engage in manual labor and sometimes worked alongside other servants or slaves. The funniest part is that pretty much any skill could be considered a skill worthy enough for a master to take someone on as their mengke. I'll give you another example. The Lord Mengchang was an aristocrat in the kingdom of Qi, spelt Q-I, during the early third century BCE. 
Meng Chang is spelled M-A-N-G C-H-A-N-G. The Lord Meng Chang was famous for having as many as 3,000 Meng Ke living with him. One day, two men came to Lord Meng Chang's house and asked to become one of his Meng Ke. So the Lord Meng Chang asked them what skills they had. The first one said, I'm good at barking like a dog. The other one then said, Well, my special skill is I'm able to call like a rooster. Um, Lord Meng Chang was like, Cool, you guys are hired. Everyone else around him was like, Uh, what? Yet, yeah, a lot of the other Munker weren't happy. Jealous even, that two people with no other skill besides making animal noises were allowed to stay at Lord Meng Chang's house and get free food and shelter like the rest of them. Imagine, like, you know, imagine if I was able to just Ma, you know, ma. Would I get hired somewhere? <laughs> One day, Meng Chang was tasked with a diplomatic mission to go to the kingdom of Qin. However, upon arrival, the king arrested him and locked him up in a prison cell. Luckily for the lord, however, he had brought his Munke with him on his entourage. The lord Meng Chang hoped that one of the king's wives would be able to convince the king to release him. However, in exchange for her help, the king's wife wanted a particular fur coat that was made from a skin of a white fox, and it was like, yeah, really rare and expensive. The barking dog man put his hand up and volunteered to get this fur coat. He snuck into the Qing king's palace and was able to steal this rare and expensive white fur coat. When the guards thought there was someone lurking about, they were like, hold on. I think there's a person running around. The barking dog man was like, and the guards were like, oh, it's just a dog. Let's, let's go. And he was able to get away and then gave the coat to the king's wife and was like, oh, thanks. Then agreed to help and convinced the king to release Lord Meng Chang. However, as Lord Meng Chang and his Meng Ke were getting away, the king was like, Oh, actually, you know what? I shouldn't have let him go, and ordered his soldiers to chase after him. Lord Meng Chang found out and was like, Oh no. And they picked up the pace, reaching the border of the Qing kingdom, where a checkpoint stood between him and freedom. The checkpoint gate was closed, and it would only open at the break of dawn, you know, at daylight. And how did people know it was daylight? Well, that was indicated by a rooster's call signalling the start of a new day. OMG. Lord Meng Chang looked around at his Meng Ke and started yelling, Oi, rooster man! Oi, rooster man, where are you? The rooster man came forward and was like, ah, Finally, my time to shine. And then started making his noises. Yeah, mine's not as good as his and did such a great impression that for a moment I thought he was a rooster. Well, the guards at the checkpoint clearly thought he was a rooster, and was like, I think it's daylight now, let's open the gates. 
and they opened the gates, and that allowed Lord Meng Chang and his entourage to escape. This story echoed the randomness of being a Mengke and the fact that anyone with any sort of skill can be welcomed by a master willing to feed and pay them. And that would mean any talents. That's endless possibilities. Like, what about being able to fart and spit at the same time? Or write with both hands whilst playing a flute? I asked Ming what his special talent was, and he replied, Oh, well, I'm a good singer, so whenever my master wants to entertain the guests, I'll go on stage and sing some tunes. So a big question is, why did the Mengke exist in the first place? How come the Chinese back then thought about employing all these people who literally sat around and did nothing most of the time? The practice of employing and hosting Mengke retainers began during the spring and autumn period, a period of China between the years 770 BCE to 476 BCE. The spring and autumn period began after the Zhou dynasty central government collapsed and the new Zhou king became a nominal figurehead of the country with no power. If you want to know more about the collapse of the Zhou dynasty, you can tune in to episode 18 of my podcast, where it involves a pretty girl and a stupid prank. Anyway, without a central government, China split into many different kingdoms and states, controlled by lords, aristocrats and wealthy landowners. These powerful people all wanted to be the very best, like no one ever was. This created a hotbed of competition, and these people competed against each other in military strength, amount of land owned, as well as social standing and popularity. These people, in order to gain power and social standing, began to recruit commoners under their wing, in the hopes of not just utilising them for their talents, but also to boost their popularity within society, giving them better reputation than other lords, aristocrats and landowners. At the same time, many commoners saw this as an opportunity to not just to get a source of employment, food and shelter, but to also boost their own social standing. For a commoner, it was an opportunity to join a more powerful person and rise up the ranks. This in turn encouraged many people to become mengke, and hence this culture within ancient China quickly grew and spread. It is also important to note that within a household, there was also hierarchy amongst the mengke themselves as well. The hierarchy was based on talent. Obviously, someone who was a personal advisor to their master would be higher up in the food chain than someone who could only make barking dog noises. The hierarchy of the mengke was reflected in how they were treated. Ming explains this part really well. Well, Stephen, as a singer, I'm used regularly by my master at his parties. So I'm like in the middle of the hierarchy. That means I get a private bedroom and catered three meals a day. That's better than one of my friends. He's only here on my master's good graces and has no talent at all. He has to share a room with four other people and gets the most basic food. He has to go out and buy his own meat. (laughs) But this other guy, he teaches my master's son arts and poetry but he's got two servants who attend to him 24-7 and gets his own horse carriage and driver for Bamboo's sake. 
Ming is correct. The higher up the hierarchy you were, the more benefits you received. For the masters, Mengke was a way of display of wealth, power, and social status. If you had a lot of Mengke by your side, then it showed that you had enough money to pay for them, were popular amongst the commoners, and showed your resourcefulness. Some lords had so many Mengke, they were able to form a mercenary army. The culture of having Mengke thrived during the Spring and Autumn period and the subsequent Warring States period, which lasted between the years 476 BCE to 221 BCE. These two periods saw China in a fragmented state. However, once the Qin dynasty united China as one singular empire, with subsequent periods also being ruled by one central authority figure, aka the emperor, the Mengke culture began to disappear. Having a central government and authority figure meant more importance was placed on serving the one emperor rather than individual lords, aristocrats, and landowners. Therefore, the Mengke culture gradually faded away, even though Mengke was still around as late as the San Guo Three Kingdoms period in the 3rd century CE. So yeah, that's it. That's the story of the people whose job was to get paid to do nothing. Well, most of the time. I thank Ming for the interview. Ah, oh, no worries, mate. Glad to come onto your podcast. I actually have to sing for some of my master's guests today. I was thinking about maybe doing a Sam Mendes song. So I gotta go. See you later. Say Jen. An important takeaway I think the Mengke teaches us is to always be resourceful in life and to also network because as they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. The more Mengke the masters had, the more chance that there was someone out there with a special talent or skill that could be used which would sometimes save the master's life. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and to follow my Instagram. Feel free to contact me anytime with feedback, topic suggestions, or just to have a chat. You can DM me on Insta or email me. My email will be in the description box below. Okay, I've got to go now. Maybe you can all think of a talent you have, whether it be speaking a foreign language, fighting skills, or just being able to bend your hand backwards. Maybe it's time for you to get hired on one of those skills. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day or evening, and I'll see you all next time on the Bamboo History Podcast. Bye for now.